podcast and then you're listening to The Currency, I'm glad to have you along. Thank you for listening. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know that I have not put one out in a long time. So I'm really excited to put this one out. And this isn't just a little blip. I've kind of got some good news here. This is the first of a regular rotation now of podcast episodes. And I'll tell you what, what happened uh, is back in February of this year, 2020, I started live streaming on YouTube, little experiment, and I loved it. And I started out just doing Q&A, question and answer, ask me anything, just interact with the audience, read people's comments, talk. It was easy to do. You know, there are only 13 people on a stream at a time. Kind of easy to read the comments and just have a chat. I loved it so much. It's a great experience. But that experience evolved over time the last few months into covering a topic. Usually I bring a topic to the live stream and talk through it. Today, on Sunday, May 31st, 2020, we talked about the SpaceX launch juxtaposed against the riots emanating from the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis recently. And, and so what I did is I talked about that topic, and you're going to hear that discussion just now. I took some you know, questions from the audience, and we kind of talked it out a little bit. But I had an audience member a few weeks ago say, hey, Mike, why don't you take these YouTube live streams where you cover a topic and publish them to, your, to, your, uh, to the currency, to your podcast? I thought, wow, that's a great idea. Why don't I do that? And so we have the intersection of YouTube and podcasting, live streaming, and so on, uh, which will bring us now these regular episodes. So I'm going to be live streaming regularly on YouTube. I do this all the time, every Sunday, usually. I'm not sure what time that I'm going to lock into. I want to find a time that allows both European, Asian, uh, and American audiences to kind of interact. But I'll be publishing uh, each one of those live streams to the currency. So if you want to keep listening, just stay subscribed. They'll show up in your, uh, on your device, in your inbox, wherever you're getting them. But if um, you're interested in participating in the live stream, I'd love to have you participate in the show as it's happening. We're going to do this show live and then publish it out. So just go over to YouTube, just search for Mike Gaston. And I'll show up, subscribe to my channel if you haven't, hit the bell notification, I'll give you a heads up when the live stream is going to happen. And you can jump on and be part of the fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm just enjoying these. And I know they're going to get better and better. I'm early at this. I know I'm kind of new at it. So, you know, there's some definitely some rough edges. But I think it's only going to get better and better. And so I'd love for you to participate. But again, if you just like listening, maybe you drive around, maybe you don't have time to watch the video and chat and type and so on. Please stay subscribed. I would love to keep you as part of the community. Guys, thanks for being a part of this. I'm going to now cut over to the live stream, and uh, I hope you enjoy the discussion. would love to hear your thoughts and comments. If you want to tweet at me, just look for at Mike Gaston. You can always send me an email as well, just Mike Gaston, sorry, Mike at MikeGaston.com. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, guys. I love you all. And uh, without further ado, here is The Currency on SpaceX and the Riots. All right, all right. What's going on, guys? What is going on? Welcome. Welcome. Hopefully everybody can hear me all right. Glad to have you guys along for the stream today. I think we have a little bit of fun today, I think. Well, talk a little bit today about uh, Tesla, not Tesla, Tesla founder, Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, launching two men to the moon. And... Uh, uh, not quite the moon, obviously, but it's a big deal to have that launch and the riots. And I want to, before we get into all that stuff, um, just give you guys a little update. So I had a user recently leave me a comment on my last uh, on my last live stream, and I thought it was really fantastic. I don't know if you could read that. But Jordan said, Jordan SH said, hey, great live stream. Really enjoying your content, Mike. Been a subscriber since the Cybertruck days. And... Um, he thinks the long format works really good. And he was saying, why don't you turn this into your, why don't you turn this into your podcast? And so I thought, what a great idea. So that's what I'm going to do. Now, I have to give props out to my buddy Shane out in Australia. Shane, I know you're not listening to this right now, but he suggested the same thing. But at the time, I was just doing these kind of Q&A deals. Now, I've got this podcast called The Currency. The Currency has been on a bit of a hiatus as I've been busy with this uh, YouTube uh, life that I've been living, and um, 
<laughs> dope. Guys, it's so good to be here. So what I'm going to be doing with these live streams, the live stream is going to become the currency. And essentially what we're, I'm, I'm going to do is we're going to run this show live. It's going to be a live podcast. Then after the show airs, I'm going to sit, edit the podcast, clean it up a little bit. I'll republish the YouTube video to the YouTube channel. It won't be live immediately. I'll clean that up a little bit too. And then I'll publish the audio to my podcast called The Currency. That way, if you're an Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, etc., your podcast person, you'd prefer just to listen to the dulcet tones of my lovely baritone voice. I don't even think it's a baritone. I don't even know what my voice is. Um, then you can do that. You can do that way you drive around, etc. You don't have to be attached to your computer. So guys, this is going to become what is called The Currency. Welcome to The Currency Podcast live show, and it'll be produced and published to listen to later if you so choose. Love to have you along for the, li the live stream though, because it's fun to do this. Guys, can anybody tell me, can you hear me okay? I just wanna make sure that the audio and everything's working. It looks like it's working on my end, but that doesn't mean a thing. Got a few folks over here. I, guys, and by the way, if folks like Pions with zero, so on, I, I'm so sorry that this is late. Uh, George and a couple others popped in. Thank you, by the way. I, the only reason I'm doing this late is Mrs. G, my best girl, just had a big birthday. She's a big birthday girl. And we had a big family dinner and uh, everybody just left. I had to schedule this for a little bit later only because I had to do a little bit of celebrating with the family. But I won't do these as late usually. I don't know what time exactly I'll lock into, but we'll do these a little bit earlier. So guys, so good. Let me just say a few shout outs. We got Christian, uh, Christian. we've got Junaid, we've got Ara. This is how apropos, yes. Uh, Dave Martinez, welcome. Pions with Zero, great to see you. And I know you guys gotta go to work, so uh, I apologize, my good European friends, for hitting you so late. Chris Clemens, sounds great. Chris, great to see you here, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit. We had kind of uh, some crazy things happen. And, you know, I don't have a huge download or debrief, but, you know, we had two kind of events that you can't escape. One is the SpaceX launch. You can't escape the fact that America, uh, a, a beautiful partnership between private industry and, and the government, <laughs> NASA, Put some, put some men, put a couple of human beings back in space. We haven't done this in many years. And you know, it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm of a certain age. In 1969, I was two years old. My mother sat me down in front of the television at two years old. I think it was the Apollo 11 launch, I want to say. First one where Americans were going to put men on the moon. And um, she said, you got to watch this. This is history being made. I don't remember the exact words. And quite frankly, now I don't know, you know, sometimes the memory plays tricks, the mind plays tricks on us. I do vaguely remember sitting in front of a black and white TV watching uh, the rocket launch. Now, that could be that because she told me I did this and made you watch it and I've seen archival footage, historic footage, that I'm just kind of manufacturing that memory. But maybe, maybe I'm Mensa quality. Maybe I've got the mind that just remembers back when I was two years old in my onesie pajamas uh, <laughs> watching the rocket launch. But I seem to remember that. And so it was kind of cool to be able to watch this event today. I should say yesterday. So we've got two events. We've got the rocket launch. We've got the men that were uh, lifted off into space. Watched a little bit of them hitting the uh, Lord of Sadness. Welcome, by the way. Watched them docking with the space station today, the International Space Station. Very cool. And the other event is uh, heartbreaking, and that is, um, you know, the murder of, of this, this guy, George, uh, in Minneapolis, the resulting protests, then the riots. And I'm sitting here in Rochester, New York, my own hometown yesterday, uh, riots broke out here. And so you've got these really strange kind of polar opposites. You've got the pinnacle of mankind, you know, our technical prowess, our, our vision to reach beyond our own planet, this kind of this futuristic look outwards to say, can we escape this place? Can we populate the solar system? Can we escape the solar system, populate the universe? Not that it's all about populating, but can we at least explore it for Pete's sake? Let's not colonize. Let's just take a look. And on the other hand, you see the worst of humanity. And I'm not, and I'm not just picking on the riders. I, I, I mean, the murder of, of this, this man, the and this has been going on for a while, the police brutality, you know, the militarization of the police, the police treating the citizenry like uh, like who knows what. I mean, I think all of us have witnessed different things at different times, the protests, and then, you know, the, the people rioting. And I'm, I'm not going to give them a pass. I, I don't know that all the people protesting 
the murder of this man in Minneapolis are the same people that are rioting and looting. And uh, so you see both the most, um, the best of humanity, I don't mean the best of humanity that's in its kindness and love, but the best of humanity in its, in its prowess and its agency and its capabilities to kind of come together and escape uh, the planet, to put men in, in space, women, we put women, men, we haven't put toy, uh, children in space. We have put, I think, dogs and monkeys in space in the past. And then on the other hand, uh, the worst of mankind, where we treat each other just terribly um, murder and uh, chaos and anarchy. And so very, very kind of strange times right now. And um, I thought it, it bore a little bit of a conversation. Now, I don't have a big insight uh, by the way, everyone's saying, yes, audio sounds good. Thank you for confirming that. I just want to make sure sometimes I'm going on and on. And, uh, you know, I'm a technical midget over here, I guess. I got one, I got one comment from the last live stream. <laughs> Somebody, because we were talking about Joe Rogan, and his comment was, Joe Rogan doesn't spend the first, you know, I don't know if it was 15 minutes of his podcast talking about uh, what software he's using. And then he gave me the, like, see you later uh, wave. I'm like, yeah, Joe Rogan spends the first 30, 40 minutes of his podcast pimping all the products that he's repping at the time. And God bless Joe Rogan. Good for him. I don't have any products to pimp. I don't have any uh, uh, sponsorship deals. So you just get me. But yeah, so I talked about my new software, you know, so sue me. <laughs> but thank you for letting me know. I appreciate that. Um, RS says he was 21 years old, first step on the moon. So yeah, we're just uh, we're just a couple years apart, you and I. Arnie, welcome to the, the stream in the same country too. Awesome. Christian says, let's be honest, SpaceX did the heavy lifting and they did it while getting only one third of Boeing's budget and failing miserably. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, I got chills watching that happen. I got choked up. It just was such an achievement. And there was an element of stress. You know, they had done that test not too long ago, the day or two before. And, um, you, you know, everything blew up. There was fire everywhere. And I thought, well, that's, I don't even know if they're going to do the launch. So for them to go forward with the launch was brave. And um, I, I, was just, I was just really inspired by the achievement, the accomplishment, that the, um, the daring do, if you will. And yeah, it, it struck me that this partnership between, between SpaceX and NASA, but more importantly, this is kind of the, the, the beginning of private industry. Now, I know there have been projects. Amazon had something going. There's a handful of companies that were trying this, but we're actually seeing private companies getting involved in space exploration, space travel. Uh, how amazing is it to see a company say, yeah, we can build rockets. We'll help you put your astronauts to the International Space Station. I just think it's a really cool thing. And and yeah, maybe this leads us to those dystopian futures where we're all working for one big global corp, like is it Wutani Corporation? What's the one in um, Aliens? I forget the name of that company, <laughs> but uh, you know, Yo-Yo Dine Industries, I'm not sure which, but I, I understand that you know, not all private business is for everybody, floats their boat, but I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Um, Pyans with Zero says, and I guess I could drag this up on the screen for those of you who want to watch. Mike, I'm curious, Russians were first to Mars, Venus, um, I got to make that a little smaller so I can read it. Okay. Holy smokes, guys. Can I operate the equipment here? Um, let's try this one more time. I'm just going to read it. Mike, I'm curious. Russians were first to Mars, Venus, first man, animal in space, first space station, sail, etc. Was the laser-like focus on the first man on the moon a, a function of this? Oh, absolutely, dude. Uh, uh, Wayland Utani. No, yes, Wayland. By the way, Pines of Zero, <laughs> you win. Wayland Utani. Yes, excellent. Absolutely. The uh, I think I think the whole race to space. You, you know, this was two ideologies battling it out. This was capitalism and communism. This was collectivism and free markets, trying to prove which one had the juice, which one knew how to get it done, which one was superior, which one was going to dominate the globe for the foreseeable future. And, and yes, Russia was destroying us. I think that's, that's where the Americans had to rally together and say, okay, we need to have something greater than us to look to. We have to accomplish something, not only to prove to the world, to prove to ourselves that we're part of something that is sustainable, that has roots and is superior. Each culture, each economic system was trying to tell itself 
that it was superior and communicate to the world that. So yes, absolutely, the Russians were beating our pants off. And I would argue that the Russians were trying to do that. It wasn't just that they were curious. I don't think that the Russians were like, we're just scientifically curious. We don't really mind if the Americans do it or not. I think that they were also trying to prove their prowess, their capability, their superiority. And uh, this, was, this was just like both societies, both communities, both econo uh, economies were trying to show who is better. And uh, th the race to get to the moon, to put a man on the moon was, was no question. I don't think that's disputed. I don't think there's anybody that would dispute that. So, uh, so thank you. And yes, Waylon Yutani, thank you so much for... Uh, for pointing that out. This is the future. Wayland Industries, Alien. Yep. All right. RTS soccer player. Everyone needs to chill out and take DMT. <laughs> Wait, did you come over here from Joe Rogan? Come on now. Tell me the truth. Did you come from Joe Rogan? Everyone needs to chill, chill out. Look, I don't know about the DMT piece, but I think people do need to chill out and uh, on both sides. I, look, we've got to deal with, so we've got some societal issues here. You know, and this, this gets at, you know, this idea of the space race, putting a man on the moon, trying to show which economic system is, is um, better, superior. But I think we've got another question that we're struggling to answer. I think, at least America, I can't speak for other countries, but I think the West is in the midst of this. We're kind of battling for the soul and spirit and heart of, of the West. And I think there are arguments within the American society and uh, other countries as well, like what societal structure, what composition of society, I don't mean racial composition, I mean like how do you order and structure a society in a way that is superior? Which way of ordering society is the best? Which way of ordering society is superior? Uh, should it be a meritocracy? Should it be you work hard uh, and, and, you, and you make a lot of money? And if you don't work hard, you don't make a lot of money. Is that a meritocracy? Should it be more of an equity-based society? Uh, is nationalism good? Is a multiculturalism good? You know, is liberalism, and I don't mean progressivism, I mean like classical liberalism, you know, the enlightenment, uh, more of a empirical uh, approach to the world around us, or naturalistic uh, philosophy towards life and the approach of life. Should society be based on the individual? Should it be based on a collective group? What is the basic unit of society, and, and how do we rank order these things? And and I think also too, what is the what is the place of civil uh, disobedience? What is the place of rule of law? Um, so I think I think you know not only was there a, a a race to show technical and economic uh, prowess, but there's there's a struggle right now, and I think these I think that the murder of of this man, and I apologize, I keep forgetting his last name, and this is horrible. I'm not one to follow the news all the time, so uh, let me just I know that George Floyd, George Floyd. So the murder of George Floyd, I I want to look it up because I want to uh, be respectful to him and his memory and what happened to him. But the murder of George Floyd as part of the story. And I think also the rioting, the looting, and, and the provocations, the, the uh, desire to create anarchy, to burn it all down, as some people are saying, you know, I think that's also part of the struggle. And I think that we've got to figure this out. I don't think that we have a clear answer to go forward. And that's what concerns me. It doesn't bother me to, co to complain. It doesn't bother me to have social action. It doesn't bother me to uh, fight back and say, hey, this is immoral, it's unethical, and it's got to stop. I think you need to have pressure sometimes for institutions to change in ways that are good for us. On the other hand, if you burn it all down, what's left? What do we have for tomorrow? And that's the concern, I guess, I have. And so it's this strange juxtaposition between this very tomorrow-focused event, this SpaceX launch, and then this very um, almost void of tomorrow, this hopelessness, this rioting and anarchy that says there is no tomorrow. And the tomorrow that we can look forward to is depressing. It's, uh, it's post-apocalyptic. It's, it's a ruins. So on one hand, you've got this futuristic tomorrow of space travel, colonizing Mars to make Elon happy and beyond. And on the other hand, you've got the burning rubble of Western society. And it's very strange. I, I don't, I would have never guessed that both kind of lived in the same world at the same time. What are your thoughts on that? So look at some of the comments here. Uh, yes, Pines with Zero says, yeah. When they occupied Chechnya, being top on heavy industry and sciences was a huge point then. Man, I don't know, I'm struggling to keep these things the right size. 
Absolutely. I mean, that was like, that was the thing. And, um, and uh, those, those uh, times, I mean, you, you look at the American Star Wars initiative, Ronald Reagan, you know, we want to have uh, superiority that we could shoot down any missiles from the sky. I mean, it was just all this back and forth. It was, it was crazy. Stu Moon says, hey, Mike, would love to know if you have any more information regarding the riots in Rochester tonight. Waiting to be prepared. Thanks. Be safe. Hey, Stu. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Rochester tonight. I hope to God there are no riots tonight, but we'll have to see. I would imagine that law enforcement's a little bit more ahead of the curve on this one uh, than they were. You know, it started out as a peaceful protest. It was a good protest. I think people are out there expressing their their heartbreak over what happened to George Floyd and saying, hey, this has been happening to way too many people. This isn't a one-off thing. We've got to fix it. And then, um, you know, the, the, the mayor, Lovely Warren here, is claiming that outsiders came in. It, it, it was outsiders. I don't know if I believe that. Maybe. I mean, if you start showing me some arrest records or say, yeah, we got this guy from Arizona. Okay. I, I, what I think is the people that started destroying property, a lot of them were whites. There are photos of them. I've seen them. They look more like Antifa guys than anything else, uh, whatever an Antifa guy looks like. But uh, I think that they were not part of that uh, Black Lives Matter uh, rally that they were having. That rally was not violent, and that rally wasn't waiting. There were f- families, children there. I mean, it was a, it was a, I wasn't there. But it was a decent rally from what I've told. Uh, but then other people want to get it going in a different direction. Um, by the way, RTS soccer player says, yes, he's here from Joe Rogan. Dude, how did I know? As soon as you brought up DMT, I knew that you were here from Joe Rogan. Welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm no Joe Rogan. I'm bald, and I'm similar age to Joe, but uh, probably not half as half as uh, my, well. My guests aren't half as interesting as you can see. I'm here on my own, but uh, yeah, Joe Rogan. Uh, Pines Zero says Joe Rogan bingo DMT aliens jujitsu hunting for food. That's right, man. That's Joe Rogan. If you uh, if you want to know what Joe is all about, there it is. Um, Arnie says I'm from Belgium. And even here in Antwerp, there are going to be protests about Georgia. It's happening all over the world. People are upset. And I think, look, there are always people that just take advantage of something. There are some people that just say, hey, this is an opportunity to cause trouble. There are some people that have been fighting for justice for their whole lives and will just say, look, I'm, I'm there. There are some people that are newly upset. Here's one thing that I think is really interesting. Um, there's something that's really interesting about this dynamic Historically, uh, and you guys know I tend to be conservative in my politics, but historically you get the conservatives going, oh, we're law and order, support our police, you know, the heroes that keep us safe, et cetera. You know, thank you for your service, that kind of stuff. And then the left historically has been, you know, oh, you got to fight the man and the police are pigs and all cops are bad and all this kind of stuff. But, but here's a really weird dynamic, and, and, you know, I'm not the only one to bring this up. Because we've all been under lockdown for months I think the right and the left are kind of tired of authority. So you don't hear the right sticking up for the cops like you typically do. Now, look, there's some like really, really strident people that are like, the cops can do no bad. And, oh, this George Floyd was a bad character. It's like, hey, look, I don't care what he had done. He wasn't a wanted criminal. He, he wasn't killing people. He may have passed a counterfeit bill, and who knows if he even knew, let's say he did. Who knows if he even, where'd he get the money? Maybe somebody paid him and he went in to buy something. This guy did not deserve to die. He did nothing remotely, remotely related to, to being killed on the street like that at all. Um, I think of this other guy. Remember Eric, oh, what was Eric's last name? Big guy, he was a cigarette hustler. He'd sell, his, he'd sell illegal cigarettes. You know, he'd buy and sell cigarettes. They choked that guy to death. They killed him uh, a couple years ago. Where I'm going with this is to say, because we've been under lockdown, I think a lot of us on the right and the left are really sensitive to the abuse of power and the abuse of authority. Now, it doesn't matter where you fall on the whole COVID thing. And if you think social distancing and getting locked down and uh, so on, but it doesn't matter if you agree or not, but like all of us are getting a little touchy around the abuse of power. Now, some people are, are touchy regarding what happened to George Floyd. Other people have been touchy because they feel like they should have the freedom to run their business and they should be allowed to just live their lives and just take responsibility for their behavior and be careful, et cetera. So what's happening now with the George Floyd thing, when people are, uh, when they are protesting the police, both the right and the left are like, yeah, the police suck. Now, I know some police officers and the ones I know, I mean, they're okay. I mean, I've dealt with some really decent cops, actually, to be quite frank. And I've, and I've dealt with some 
terrible, terrible cops. You can just tell these guys are bullies. They just, they're just bullies. So it's interesting to me that both the right and the left are kind of unified right now for different reasons on their feelings around the police officers and the, the, um, I'd say the abuse of power, but the abuse of authority and abuse of power, it's uh, kind of tough. So let me see what we've got here in the comments. Uh, let me just scroll up a little bit. And um, Christian says the video is painful to watch. It hurts. Absolutely, dude. Uh, so Pines Zero says it's late here. So take this as a sort of shower thought. Okay. Uh, but one of these points should be clear because tyranny was always preceded by a shift from the individual to the group. Absolutely. No, no question. Um, no question. I, I think there's a lot of concern around that. And I think it's interesting. It doesn't matter what side you're on, left or right. You can look at different instances of what's going on. The right's going to get upset and say tyranny's coming because I'm not even allowed to run my own business without some tin pot dictator governor or some municipality like Elon was fighting in his area, Almeida County, uh, won't even let me open business. I'm, I'm going to lose my business. All my employers are going to lose their income, et cetera. But you could be on the other side of the aisle and say, yeah, I still think we're tyrannical. These cops go around. They're militarized. They scream at everybody. They don't read the situation. They beat people to death. They terrorize communities, it's not right. So I think on both sides, you can look at this and say, hey, uh, this isn't good. Doesn't matter what lens you're looking through, this isn't good. Josh Kaufman, welcome to the podcast. Uh, he says, to destroy is easier to then create in our modern ages become both easy and accessible to tear down. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always easier to tear down. Hey, a little word from Chris Clemens. He says, I think we have always had both progress and rubble at the same time. All right, let me hear what you're saying here, Chris. Here in New York, we were creating the Erie Canal decades, even before the Emancipation Proclamation. I think the world is just getting smaller and the timeline is getting quicker. Okay, so Chris, what you're saying is you're thinking that this isn't unique, that we've always had these kind of great leaps forward while at the same time uh, there's, there are horrors or, or shortcomings or failures of mankind. I, I, I get that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's... Uh, I don't think that that doesn't strike me as a bad thought. I think I'm with you on that. I guess it's just so striking to be in the midst of it. You know, I, I, I think you're right to point that out. But to be in the midst of it, just kind of freaky. You know, you look at this and you're like, wow, this is just really strange. And, and it shows to me the divide. I've never been big on the whole income inequality. I've never been as big on the inequity arguments. Not because I'm calloused or don't care, but I think that there are opportunities for people I look at society through a different lens. And so I say, hey, there are different opportunities for people. And yes, life isn't fair. Like I wish I wish I, uh, you know, was six foot two and a fantastic basketball player and, you know, whatever. But and I had and I had a full head of hair, but that's just not in the cards for me. But that doesn't mean that I can't be successful. It doesn't mean that I can't find fulfillment. And I'm not going to get into all kinds of things of institutional racism, et cetera. But just to say that um, I don't get kind of big on those things. But when we sit here right now, we look at what's going on with, say, SpaceX and what has just happened, and at the same time looking at what feels like society groaning and heaving under the weight of, of deep foundational problems, fundamental problems, it's troubling. It just seems like there's an inequity of, of just life experience. Like you've got a whole level of society, like looking at the moonshot, it's not a moonshot, they're going to the space station, and a whole nother level of society riding in the streets saying, burn it to the ground. And it's just really strange to me. But I, I get what you're saying, Chris, and I agree. And I think it's insightful. And I think to think that we're in a unique time uh, might be wrong. I mean, I, we may be in a unique time. I think every time is unique unto itself. But, you know, is now um, any different? Has mankind always struggled with the same kinds of problems? Just we have more technology now, so the drama is greater and we're quicker to hear about it. Uh, were there riots, you know, in Europe and we wouldn't hear about in the U.S. for a month later? And maybe it was a little paragraph on a back page of a newspaper somewhere. Whereas today we can watch the revolutions as they unfold, uh, broadcast to the comfort of our smartphone uh, while we sip a latte. I mean, it's just crazy times. Uh, let's see. RTS soccer player just bringing the Joe Rogan. By the way, you should try elk meat, no doubt. Hey, have you seen Captain Sinbad? I think it's Captain Sinbad. He's like, uh, after one day of listening to Joe Rogan, and he talks about <laughs> eating elk meat. He's got some great, he's a great YouTuber. You should check him out. But um, I think he's got a funny bit about elk meat. 
and Joe Rogan. Uh, let's see. Christian Federico, uh, a $20 bill, a F $20 bill, that's worth a life. And it's not. And I think most people would say it's not. I mean, I think what this police officer did is, is horrendous. It's, it's immoral. It's not even, it's evil. It's wicked. It's just an evil, wicked thing. And, you know, I don't care what the coroner's report says, by the way. If the coroner's report says, oh, well, he didn't really die from the neck injuries. He had other complications that the altercation brought on. Look, that cop still killed him. I don't, I don't care if, if he died of a heart attack. I mean, I care. But to me, that doesn't lessen what that man did. He was, it was a wicked, evil, inhumane thing. Here's the crazy thing. I don't know if you guys know this. They worked together. Did you know these guys worked together? They provided security at some club, some uh, hotspot club in Minneapolis. And supposedly the cop worked uh, the outside. Sometimes he'd sit in his car. Sometimes he'd work the door, make sure the crowd was chill outside. And uh, G George Floyd, he, he worked inside the club as security. And these guys knew each other. It's not, I don't know that they went out for beers, but I almost wonder, like, how, how, how do you do this to someone you know? Was there bad blood? Was there some other thing going on between these two men? Uh, did this cop have it out for this George for some reason? It just, it's really crazy to me that he would just sit on the guy's neck even after he's unresponsive for minutes later. I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't display uh, a higher level of disregard unless you like spit on the guy's body afterwards. I mean, it's just, what else could you do to, to communicate the disregard and disdain for that man's life? I, I don't know what you would do. Uh, so it's just... Um, so Max Kaufman, he doesn't look at his 20s when he, when he buys something. Neither do I. I wouldn't even know what a counterfeit bill looks like. I wouldn't know how to, I wouldn't know how to discern it. I mean, unless it was obvious. I mean, if it had like Captain Crunch uh, as opposed to Jefferson. Is it Jefferson on the 20? Who's on the 20? See, I don't even know who's on the 20. Uh, I only deal in hundreds. I wouldn't, a 20 is such a small note. I wouldn't even know what it looks like. Uh, but yeah, I don't check them. How do you check them? So I'd be... Um, I'd be, uh, I'd be at a loss. Chris Clemens says, definitely. And then he says, I also think the Quicken timeline doesn't give us opportunities to process any of it. Boy, that's the truth. We don't get to celebrate a rocket launch or appropriate or mourn losses. Chris, that is so insightful. I agree 100%, 100%. It is moving way too fast. There are too many voices. The voices are too strident. That's the other thing. I feel like people demand... It's like something happens and immediately we're all demanding. I demand justice. I demand this. I demand that. We've, we make up our minds in an instant. There's, you know, uh, I mean, not to, you know, no sooner had Trump not even won the election and he was, he was evil. Uh, on the other hand, you know, no sooner did Obama mention he was running and, oh, he was a secret Muslim. I mean, it's just like we, we just jump to these conclusions and we try people in the court of public opinion. The problem is the court of public opinion happens in seconds these days. And I think about this altercation in the, um, the Rambles in Central Park in New York between the, uh, the two. I think they both had the last name Cooper, but they weren't related. And this woman and this man. And it's like, you know, and, and probably rightly so, this woman's life is destroyed. And uh, I don't, I think she kind of deserves it in a way, but there's always a little bit more to the story. You know, what were the words exchanged before all that happened, before the videotape went on and so on? It's just, it's tough. Things happen too fast and we don't have the time to celebrate. We don't have the time to mourn. And I think that plays into our personal lives too. I don't know about you guys. I'm busy, busy. I'm just so busy all the time. And uh, I don't take time to rest. I don't take time to meditate, to think. And it's troubling. It's a little troubling. Okay, uh, let's see here what we got. Um, this is what Ara says. He says to Chris, yes, too fast. Today, for example, little village up the mountain, the virus was like it never existed. Almost old news. SpaceX, by Tuesday, off the news, done. That's a good point. I mean, we just keep moving, moving don't we? All right, uh, let's see here. Christian says, and the fact that 105 point, oh, uh, 105,000 Americans had died and counting, and one in four people are out of work does not help. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, these riots, if you think about the perfect kind of dynamic for riots, you know, lock people up. First of all, terrorize them. Nobody talks about this. Terrorize people 24-7 uh, on the news about this virus. And I heard news people say explicitly, 
I'm trying to scare people in the early days. And they, and they felt justified in doing it because they thought this thing is so bad. My job is to scare people into doing what they need to do to survive. I'm, I can't just tell them the truth. I've got to scare them because if I scare them, then they'll behave in a way that saves their own life. It was like that old TV show called Scared Straight, where they take these kids that were off the rails and they put them in with some uh, convict in the prison and the convicts would just scare the you know what out of them. So these kids would straighten out their lives. So first of all, terrorize people 24-7 and don't let off the gas. Just keep it going. Then you've got government lockdowns all over the country. So now people are pent up. Now destroy the economy. I mean, 40 plus million people, 40 plus million people out of work now. You've got the political bickering. You've got all this stuff going on. The people are stressed out stressed out. You can't go shopping. You've got to stand in line with a mask on. People go, oh, boo-hoo, it's such an inconvenience. Hey, look, if your whole life you've been able to just come and go as you please, have freedom of movement, freedom of association, do what you want. I don't care if it's in minor inconvenience or not. It's a huge change. It's just a big change and it causes stress on people. Take your pet, take your pet dog who gets to run around the house and put them in a little crate all day long. It's going to stress the animal out. And it's also inhumane treatment, by the way. But uh, yeah, so I think it's just kind of a powder keg. And um, a lot of people, a lot of people are uh, struggling. And it wouldn't take much for something like this to spread across the country. It's kind of dangerous how these things happen. A little check went on between Chris and Ara. Uh, exactly. I think Mike is correct that we are living in a unique time and that we have the same fundamental problems as always, but new complications. Yeah. And the technology is um, it's pretty bad. By the way, Christian says he's sorry for being so negative. Like, hey, dude, it's okay because I got to tell you, it's it's really weird right now and it's a little disconcerting. I don't um, I don't blame you for it. It's it's a little hard and it's a great place to time time to talk a little bit. So it's okay. Don't sweat it. RTS soccer player says, I wonder what the grocery clerk that called the cops is feeling like now. I know, and I think that person feels horrible. I heard reports that that person was was begging the cops like hey i like they didn't he didn't want this to happen it's i think you know you get a counterfeit you've got to you got to call it's like your job right you don't want your store to get ripped off he probably wasn't trying to get the guy in trouble saw a similar thing there was a video going around a few weeks back um, a pizza shop somewhere in canada some rinky dink city town in canada uh hired a young girl to stand out in a stormtrooper outfit. She was out in a stormtrooper outfit. Uh, she had a stormtrooper laser blaster, and they had her standing out at the street corner near the pizza shop to try to get a traction. I think uh, the place was called like Pizza Wars or I don't know. Like It was a play on Star Wars, the name of the pizza shop. Uh, pizza the Hut. Maybe it was like Pizza the Hut. I don't know. Whatever. So somebody called in, oh my gosh, there's somebody on the corner with a gun. Now look, that person's in a stormtrooper outfit and she's out there with a plastic gun. Now I understand the stormtrooper guns look kind of like real guns and you can't tell that it's plastic. So the cops show up and what do they do? I mean, and it's like, it's like, you know, the donut patrol, these like 300 pound cops all show up and uh, they get out of the car and they act like this is a hostage situation. You know, they're starting, they're screaming, get on your knees, get on your knees. Guns are getting, I think the guns were drawn, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while, but they're screaming. This, 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 and it's a teenage girl, I think, and, and she just drops, you just see her shoulders, like she, she just defeated, her shoulders drop and she drops to her knees. Now they're telling her to get on her face. She drops to her knees and you can hear her, this high pitched, this young girl just sobbing. She's just sobbing. And the pizza store owner comes out and he's yelling to him like, hey, that's my employee. And she's just, I, I pay her. To, and they're yelling, get back in that shop, sir. Like they're acting like they're acting like they're taking down a criminal mastermind and and her gang. And meanwhile, it's some teenage girl promoting a pizza store. She's probably getting minimum wage to stand there like a jackass in a stormtrooper outfit. And they're screaming at her. They're screaming at the boss. And it's just disgusting. You know, the owner's trying to get them to back off and these freaking cops. It's just, you know, when you're serving the public, you're supposed to serve the public. And that means that you sometimes are going to be at risk. That means sometimes you're going to be in danger. But the seeming mentality with the police right now is 
that the most important thing isn't serving the public. The most important thing is their personal safety, that the police somehow need to be more safe than you and I. And so any little thing that they perceive as a potential that could become a potential threat, which means any human being within their vicinity, they just take charge. They're screaming, they're yelling, they're dictating to people, get back in your house. You know, don't get back. Don't talk to me. Shut up. You know, if you want to get arrested, you better keep, you know, get back in your store and shut your mouth. And physical violence, physical brutality, assault, they're aggressive. I've had some in interactions with the police and it's been disgusting. I've had some, you know, I get pulled over for speeding. They're usually pretty cool, <laughs> quite frankly. But I've had to call the cops a couple of times, not because of a bad thing. We're like, hey, you know, 9-1, there's a thing going on here. The police show up. You come out like I'm out barefoot, hands out so they can see I'm, you know, thank you for coming. I'm being gracious and open. You know, their hands practically on their gun. They're hostile. They never lighten up. They never go, okay, good. You're the homeowner. What's going on? They're like, everybody is an antagonist. Everybody is a hostile. Since when did this become a battlefield? Since when did just average America become a battlefield? Now, I'm all for weapons. I, I believe in guns. I, I carry. I have a concealed carry license. I own guns. I like to go shoot trap and skeet and so on. It's just, you know, I'm, I believe in being able to defend yourself. I don't treat every human being like a hostile. I'm not out there in some mindset where it's a war zone and every schlub and bum and Tom, Dick and Harry that I come across could be the one, you know, so I'm just ready at any time. I don't understand why the police are in a mode where they treat everyone like a hostile and that their lives and their safety are more important than our lives and our safety. So this is the thing, they're creating more danger. They're not de-escalating. They're not understanding. They're going into combat mode. They are, they are observing, orienting, deciding, and acting. They're going through the OODA loop, that combat OODA loop, always. They never are lightening up saying, hey, let me work with you. Let me observe the situation. Oh, okay, this looks like a kid. I've got backup. I'm not going to get shot. They're wearing body armor. It's some girl. Just talk to her for a minute. Hey, what's going on? Okay, there's been a confusion. Maybe it's better if you don't hold the gun. You can stand out here, but can I ask you to put the gun? That's serving the public showing up and rolling up and screaming at her, knocking her to the ground. They bloodied her nose. The kid's just sobbing and sobbing. She's providing no resistance. She's just heartbroken and terrified. Ugh, I'm just, as you can tell, I'm pretty upset about it. So rant and rave, baby. Rant and rave. So Christian, see, you're being, you said you're being negative. I, you know, I think we need to talk about this stuff. Uh, I really do. So let's see. What was... Ara saying here, was the scare tactics valid? Here, the whole country, 60,000 people, five months, 22 cases, two deaths. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude. That's a whole, no, the scare tactics weren't worth it. I think whenever you try to scare people, what you're doing is you're manipulating them. I would rather you treat people like adults. Not everyone's going to act like an adult, but let them suffer the consequences. It's not our job, how you behave. Give people the facts. Give them the facts as you understand them and let people make good decisions. That's what personal liberty and personal responsibility is all about. Take responsibility for your own behavior. Christian, Christian says, the clerk tried to intervene to help the guy uh, and the police push him several times and yell, yell at him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's totally what, what happened. So how do, we, how do we kind of marry these two things? What, what world are we living in? When I look at these two things, when I look at the space launch, when I look at what's going on with the, with, uh, the police brutality. And I, and I want to be clear, it's not just about the police brutality, okay? There are a lot of good cops out there. I know it. It's not just about that. I think we've got some institutional issues. And, and the problem, the other part of this problem are the riots. It's not just the cops. It's the response. You see, we already have the power without rioting to fix these things. We already have the power to do that. I mean, every single person, every adult in this country can get involved on one level or another. If you're really upset about it, you can run for offices. You can actually become a police officer. You can do so many different things. I, you can become an attorney. I mean, you know, you could go to college for free. Most, if, if you're economically disadvantaged, you can get an education. It's just, and understand it's not that simple. Someone just doesn't grow up in the hood uh, being abused around drugs, et cetera, and go, well, I think I'm going to become an attorney. I get it. I, I don't even want to get into all that, but I'm just saying there's so many things that we individually and collectively can do as people and as a society to change the problems that are already there without 
burning it all to the ground, without rioting, without looting, without beating uh, people senseless. You know, the shop owner uh, yesterday came out, and I don't understand this, I don't know the details, to defend his shop, I guess, and maybe his own body uh, with a sword. Who comes out into a riding group of people with a sword? I don't know. Uh, Maybe this guy likes to play a lot of uh, online games, World of Warcraft or something. I have no idea. He comes out with a sword and they, I mean, they just beat him senseless. They beat him unconscious. And to watch and to see his crumpled body on the pavement, just terrible. And, you know, they're burning and destroying McDonald's and things. These are the places that people work. These are the little places that serve the communities that are disadvantaged. When you see riots go through a disadvantaged community, it leaves scars for years. This isn't like they sweep up the glass and get back to business in a few days. This leaves scars for years in these communities and have long lasting impacts. I guess the problem I'm having is if I'm looking at one hand that we're able to put men into space, onto the space station. And uh, when I say men, I'm talking about mankind, you know, mankind. Today it was two guys. Uh, But I know we've put women into space too. But if we're able to do that, then we're able to fix some of these issues. And it's just troubling to me that um, that the best answer we seem to come up with is revolution, that the best answer that we seem to come up with is to tear it all to the ground. And I think, I think one of the things that I find uh, frustrating is it's, it's not that the principles of the West, it's not that the Judeo-Christian ethic that we're, that we're based on or the, 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 uh, the Judeo um, Roman uh, foundation of law that we have in our society is flawed. It's not that free markets are necessarily flawed. It's not that, uh, you know, democracy or liberty or all these things that our society are founded on are flawed. These aren't flawed concepts. I don't think the problems that these aren't working and we need something different. I think there's something else broken. I think there are other ideas, other behaviors, other attitudes that somehow have found their way into our culture and our society that we've embraced. Uh, I know that there's wickedness from way back. I know that racism was horrible way back. I get it. I mean, slavery was unconscionable and immoral to us. And I think to some people back in the day it was happening. So I'm not defending saying it was really rosy peachy back in the day. But I am saying that there's something... You know, the rioters are saying this this country is founded on bad principles. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that the West is founded on bad principles. I don't think that the principles are what are broken. I think it is the behaviors, the attitudes, the value systems that we embrace today. I think that's what has to come under scrutiny. And some of the institutions, you know, the whole police thing, the police brutality, it's a union. It's a police union. How do you, unions cover up for each other. There's all kinds of political cover up. There's all kinds of union cover up. I mean, there's some institutional problems that have nothing to do with white people bad, black people good. It has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. It has nothing to do with any of that kind of stuff. There's some institutional problems that are not part of the West necessarily. I'm not saying they're, they're foreign to the West. I'm just saying they're not part of those foundational principles. I think we've got great foundational principles if we'd be willing to go back and take a look at them. But the thing is, in a, in a, um, a progressive kind of worldview, you want to dismantle and destroy all those institutions and principles and remake them for whatever you think is important. And I think, I think that that progressive movement of destroying some of the institutions and some of the principles of the past, uh, mankind's always had problems. Look, this is not new, as Chris said, but I think we've dismantled some things maybe to our own demise. And now you've got a really bad situation in the country. Uh, Let me just jump in here. So Chris Clemens says, knowing that your expertise lies with helping companies with their brand, should businesses be taking a public stance on cultural, political topics? Chris, I've had some strong feelings on this. The problem I have, I I think in in principle, I'd say, sure, especially if those... um, if those cultural things have something to do with the brand, right? Like if you've got a brand that's related somehow to some cultural practice, 
Uh, maybe you maybe you, you make food and you're really big on families eating together. That's kind of a cultural. You want to take a position on that. Great. I think that's appropriate. It has integrity with the brand. It, it it's true to the brand. What I what I really struggle with is a lot of these companies just jumping on the bandwagon. It's like you know they're they're taking it upon themselves to somehow make society right. And and you got to ask the question: Well, whose vision of right? There are different visions of what is right for our culture. There's the conservative view that we want to order society around the reality that there is a creator in the universe and that there should be order and structure to things and so on. And then you've got the kind of progressive vision that we can create whatever um, utopia we want. We just have to get everybody to come along. And so we'll force them to come along. You, you have to behave in this way to have utopia. And, and um, we have to have more of a collective planned approach to the world that we live in. Hey, who am I to say which is right? I have my feelings, but like, I'm just one guy. I'm just a YouTuber here. But I think when these companies get involved in some of these discussions, they're, they're first of all, picking a side. Okay, that happens. Uh, but, it, but it often comes off as disingenuous. I mean, I, I really did not like the way that Gillette played out their, um, you know, their little, we can do better. It, it just came off is really disingenuous. And this is from a company who's used women and sex to sell razor blades for decades, for generations. So it's like, you know, they, they underpay their women, like their money wasn't where their mouth was. And so that's why I don't, you know, if your brand is all about it, fine. And I think people will choose which brands they want to align with. But I feel like the problem I have is that everything's become political. And I think that brands need to be really careful not to jump into the political fray, it's like politics has seeped into every aspect of the human experience. And I think, I think we're poorer for it. I think politics is an important aspect. But you know, there are other things we wouldn't say like, well, your religion should be part of every aspect of what you do in the public sphere. But somehow we, we, so we bristle at that. If somebody brings religion into everything they do, we're like, oh, this is, person isn't qualified to be part of the... Um, public sphere, but, but, but somehow we let politics, and, it, and politics is just one institution of, of mankind. But the problem is when you get rid of the institutions that we all relied on for millennia, there's a power vacuum, and, and, and politics is all about power, and that's all that you're left with. So I don't like seeing companies jump into the waters too much, but if it aligns with the company's brand, if it's a position they've always had, and it's something that adds value and adds to the narrative of the brand, then why not? Uh, that's that's my take on it. Uh, Joe Jordy Fitzgerald says, "I'm so fearful for my friends in the U.S. This militant force mode your police are in an attitude trickling down across to us in Australia. We have police that look like stormtroopers all the time now. Yeah, this is this is like a global phenomenon. By the way, welcome Jordy. Glad to have you on the podcast on the stream. Faree Phillips, Faree, welcome. I sit here watching from the relatively safe D and comfort of the U.K." With a great deal of sadness in my heart, your country is broken and society fracture, possibly beyond repair. Yeah, I'd be curious about the UK as well. Thank you, by the way, for the kind sentiments. We're, uh, we're struggling too. Um, yeah, Michael Smith, uh, Micah Smith, welcome. He says, so true. How's it going, Micah? Let me see what else Furry says. Furry says, of course, the UK is similarly broken. There you go. Uh, but I feel like we're not as deep into the mire and we don't have quite the level of violence in geographically ingrained racism and corruption. Yeah, that's that may be true. I, um, I've i never lived in the UK. I mean, I know a lot of folks in the UK, and uh, so, but I can't speak to that, but I, I believe you. Uh, Christian says, the principles are okay. The institutions are okay. Our foundations are awesome. But as soon as money got into politics and politics can be bought and this is legal, then this is where everything goes to hell. Probably, probably very true. I would argue maybe more like Chris Clements said a little earlier. Uh, you know, I think, I think corruption in politics, I mean, that goes back to the very beginning of, uh, <laughs> of politics. Just, there's just, look, the thing is man, mankind is flawed. I mean, we just, we're flawed. We're flawed beings. And I don't think we have to be ashamed of that, but I think we're, we need to be pragmatic and understand that, yeah, we're, as a race, we are flawed. I don't know that you can get that flaw out of mankind. We, we tend towards greed, towards hate, towards lust, jealousy, envy, all these things. We've got these kind of, you know, unfortunate aspects. And a lot of us consider and go, well, but I'm not like that. I'm a good guy. I treat people pretty well. But at the end of the day, we all wrestle with these things on one level or another. And we're all capable of doing things that we're really not proud of. 
you know, I might look at these rioters and looters and go, it's disgusting. I'd never do that. But sometimes you get into a crowd. Sometimes you get worked up. Sometimes you get angry. You can do things in a crowd that you would never do and look back and go, what, what, I, I'm ashamed of myself. Why did I do that? And no, I was not down there looting and rioting. <laughs> but um, I think we're all capable of, uh, of hitting a low. So that's, that's it, guys. I just, I, you know, I feel like a Christian now. I'm saying like, hey, this is a bit of a downer. I, I am hopeful for us. I love what SpaceX did, and I love what it represents for us. I think it represents hope for a future. I, I think it represents mankind's uh, uh, agency and our, and our intense desire to, to better ourselves, to go beyond our our limitations, to overcome them, to solve problems, to engineer solutions, and to accomplish great feats. I think that's one of the marvelous, wonderful things about the human spirit. That same, as I was saying, like all of us have the capability of, of, of baser things, we've all got that same spirit in us, and it shows up in different ways. You know, for Elon and his folks, they want to put a couple folks in a rocket and blast them out of the atmosphere. But for each one of us, I think we we strive to, to learn to play guitar or to, or to get in better shape, maybe to write a novel or uh, to become a better spouse. There's all these different things. Maybe we want to overcome weaknesses or addictions or even just uh, we want to tr- learn to treat the people that we love better, not to be so short-tempered and, and critical. That would, that would be me. So I think we're all driven to be better. I think that's one of the more noble things. We, we all want to care for other people. Some of the most heartening images, uh, we're seeing black men trying to defend, um, you know, a, a white cop that was surrounded by an angry mob. I mean, it, like that, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, look, this isn't about white or black. This is about people who care about other human beings versus people who are in a frenzy and, and hate other human beings. So you see the best and the worst of mankind. I don't think that's ever going away. I think we've got the best and I think we've got the worst. And I think the discussion that we have to have with ourselves and each other and our neighbors is to say, how, how do we create uh, a world, a society where the best can come out? And I don't think that that's the progressive ideal. I don't think that's a utopia. I don't think that that's through legislation. I don't think that's through politics. I think, you know, Jesus said you should love your neighbor as yourself and you know, for, for as much uh, flack as religion gets and Christ gets and all that mockery and so on, I, I think it's hard to get past the wisdom of those words. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. How, how different would the world look if we just did that? I don't have to agree with your lifestyles, your decisions. I don't have to agree with, you know, your beliefs, etc. But I can love you as myself. I could be kind to you. I can still hold you accountable. I can still expect the best from you. I can still expect you to treat me well. doesn't mean I have to be a pushover or, you know, you, you do something terrible and I'm just going to sit there and suffer in silence. I can say, hey, buddy, can you not throw your garbage into my lawn? It, 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 you know, it's a problem for me. And if there's a problem, you pursue it. Get it sorted out. But the point is, if we just love each other as ourselves, what would the world look like? And I know that's a lot of kumbaya, have a Coke and a smile, but I'm sorry. It's true. It's all it takes. And uh, I think that cuts both ways. I don't think the right or the left has a corner on the market of loving your neighbor. And I don't think either of them have done it well. And I don't think either of them are especially bad at it. I think it's just an individual opportunity. So guys, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Let me just read. Josh Kaufman says uh, that Gillette ad was religious. It was a for-profit company that thought they could leverage morality to its would-be customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, after that ad, that their stock took like a five, was it a five billion or eight billion dollar hit? Like the company took massive losses after that. And now it wasn't solely that ad, but like they really were getting strident. And the, and the market sent a message saying, hey, straighten up and fly right. Um, Christian says, yeah, I'm with you. It's better to be optimistic. We can do better. And we can shoot for the stars. Thanks. Yeah, we we totally can. We've got to we've got to be pragmatic. We have to be honest with the world that we're living in, and we have to be honest with our own hearts and selves. But at the end of the day, we can, what can we control? Is looting and burning and pillaging going to make anyone's life better? No. It doesn't mean that you can't protest. It doesn't mean that you can't fight power. But destruction. What does destruction get us? It just puts us backwards. Chaos uh, and darkness. Um, 
know, mankind discovered fire and the beauty of fire is it chased away the darkness and it created light. And I don't see how, I don't see how destroying society, burning buildings down, looting, killing, beating. I don't see how that creates light. Yes, that's a sort of fire, but that's a ravaging fire. That's an out of control fire that's destructive. When we learn to domesticate fire, when we learn to control it for our own purposes, it gave us something quite beautiful and uh, created everything from French cuisine to, you know, indoor plumbing and the list goes on and on. That was the start, Prometheus uh, stealing fire from the gods and giving it to mankind. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad to have you along. If you want to catch this uh, show, you can check it out. Just do a few things. Do me a favor. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, you can sit in on the show live. I also throw some other videos up there from time to time. Uh, but if you want to check this out after the fact, you can also listen to it on YouTube, but you can catch the podcast on Spotify, uh, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just look for the currency, hit that subscribe button, and this bad boy will be delivered to you hot and fresh every time I put one out. Guys, I love you, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>